is up y'all welcome to another motherfucking episode of kill the mockingbirds i'm your host sean chris and uh we've been kind of switching things up a little bit over here and uh we got like a a, a new co-host man what's up man yo, what's yo. your name yo what's up man my name's edgar man I'm, I'm you know we've been friends for a long time i don't think anybody really knows me but i'm here yeah you know what i'm saying my homeboy edgar over here he's uh down where we're at so we're trying to uh see if we can uh we're doing a a, a co-host spot like seeing uh i've been trying to fill it for a while so hey maybe this is uh the one we need so you know tell everybody what you do uh, you fuck around with art and stuff right you've been messing around with like uh uh conspiracies and and, and not politics necessarily but more like uh uh conspiracies for a long time right oh yeah man you know with music and with music and art man we just keep you know throughout the years man it just it pops up it pops up everywhere and you know i've been painting recording music as well and it's just one of those things man that's why i'm here you know what i mean yeah and then what i'm you know we had a couple episodes with a lot of different people lately uh uh going through certain topics i'm kind of trying to get back onto the news tip so kind of help me real quick with uh my new call is gonna help me that's me man (laughs) Edgar, 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 Edgar. <laughs> Come on. Who doesn't like that? Now, nah, but let's start off real quick with uh, what everybody's worried about. The, the new uh, white supremacy devil, wow. Elon, Elon Musk. The deal is done. Twitter has been sold to Elon Musk. My tummy meter says there's something just not great about this. He talks about it being a free speech platform. I'm not sure what that means. This guy has no experience whatsoever with any of the lines of business involved in Twitter. It seems to me that it's about free speech of straight white men. And in many ways, Twitter has been a dark, dark place. I hope it doesn't get any darker. Yeah, you know, this is a weird guy. Um, and it's going to be a private company. Our public conversations shouldn't be at the whims uh, of anybody. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos also throwing shade at the deal, questioning whether China would gain more influence over Twitter. If you have $44 billion and you use it to buy Twitter, you make bad decisions. This affects all of us in terms of misinformation. You know, I guess billionaires want to take over free speech, and I'm not here for it. He talks about it being a place where there's trust, where there's open algorithms. So it's a lot of words, and it's kind of a word salad. I'm confused about what to do. Um, You know, we all use Twitter. Do I stop, or do I wait and see what happens? And for me, that is something that is a bit scary. Wow, they're wow. scared, man. They're I was scared. worried too, man. It's just funny because I do see like the hypocrisy what the right is calling out. Like it's funny because Elon's all in on uh carbon taxes, all in on electric vehicles, all in on like owning nothing and being happy. He's like even claims because what he only has like uh he, what he sick, brags about living on couches and couch surfing yeah. and living at different friends' houses and that's the way to live and he's really promoting that. People love it. Yeah, and people love it. They're falling for it. I'm not, I, would, I wouldn't say falling for it, but they really are taking his side on this. Yeah, on the right. Yeah. On the right, yeah. they're saying like they, on think, the right. they, they think that he's going after free speech. But I'm saying the ironic part is the left the whole time has liked everything. His whole agenda that he goes for besides this whole free speech thing, I'm just saying like 
Besides that, like, uh, for instance, Elon Musk reportedly lives in a $50,000 prefab tiny home. So he's also pushing out these little tiny homes. Like, that's that, like, whole blockchain living in a, a, a what's it called? A project. It's almost oh, yeah. like the same, like, well, how they started with the projects. Yep. It's just like a, you know, almost like a jail. You're stuck in there. Yeah, you just need a barcode, put on your back, you know, insert Neuralink there. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. I think, like, on the right, a lot of people kind of, like, miss the whole target of him like uh being all in on viral metrics and ai inside your head and believing that ai is such a detrimental uh thing that it's more severe than nuclear war that that's gonna have a a, a more impact on human beings that he thinks that we have to become half of them like we have to become part of them that's how dangerous he thinks it is and i i just don't understand why a lot of the right is they go oh well i do uh i know that he's uh not the best and but he's for free speech in this thing and i'm like is he really for free speech or is this going to be the program that we got to put our IDs online so we could get a blue check mark, so we could uh, verify who we are to get rid of the bots. I feel like that's really what's going on. It might be. It might be. And, you know, a lot of these right-wingers are, are, are pretty desperate right now. So this is like their freaking shining icon right now. And they love it, man. But they don't see it. They don't see it. Well, they get wrapped in the game. So, like, when you're wrapped in the political game of my team's winning, they forget, like, hey, there's shitty people on all sides. But right now, they're, like, kind of look like they're on your side and they're getting your points across. So now all this time when everybody's slamming you, you're like, finally, this is when we get. But really, you're not getting anything because they're playing the paradigm of the red team, blue team. And I think so many people play into that that it's hard to see what's right in front of your face. Like, look, Elon Musk disturbing... uh, uh dalliance with uh, transhumanism given that twitter services as the deal factor public town square failing to adhere to free speech principles fundamentally fundamentally undermine democracy most rut um most Elon musk elon musk <laughs> I, I still can't really say his name yeah you know? i don't really like saying his name I, I i mean i have my own thing about him i mean that's his quote from twitter in march he uh had other quotes where um What's it called? Uh, I'll have all this in the show notes. I have a bunch of oh, his old tweets where he's promoting uh, that we should have a carbon tax. Uh, his mom, how she has a lot of Illuminati like symbolism like all over her, like his connections with the W uh, uh, E F, the World Economic Forum. Everything that he's on t- to me, he's on board on everything, and he's just using this as a catalyst. Plus, it helps the government, and we've we've seen already like other stuff that happened. Like I said. Uh, uh, what's it called? I have the connections of him with the World Economic Forum, but then we have what's happening in the EU, which is not necessarily because of him, but this is what you're seeing where it's going, and this is the EU. The European Union agreed on legislation today for landmark new rules that will push the world's biggest social media companies to stop the spread of online information, misinformation, I should say. It's called the Digital Services Act, and it's expected to be passed into law in Europe, where companies like Google, Meta, and Twitter could face fines if they don't remove hate speech, propaganda, or other material from their sites. Fuck those motherfuckers. Like, it's just crazy. That is wild, man. That's. And, but did you hear his little stumble? He said, uh, uh, censoring, infra- I mean, disinformation. <laughs> you know, the, it, the censorship or. Audience lip. Coercion. I don't know. Yeah. So, like, you see that. Uh, so, the EU uh, power to find big tech billions 
and crack down on hate speech. So they're going to be saying disinformation, harmful content, hate speech is going to be something that you could get fined for. And then, so what's going to happen is like, obviously the companies aren't want to get fined. So they're going to police, they're going to find new ways of policing their own sites, of making it like something that is, falls right in line of what's happening with uh, um, all the bullshit. And then immediately over here, we get this. Department of Homeland Security is now aiming to counteract fake news. During a congressional hearing today, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas testified that they've established a new disinformation governance board. Mayorkas says the board will combat threats to election and homeland security ahead of the midterm elections. Politico reports that the team will focus on news about immigration and Russia. Disinformation expert Nina Jankowitz will head the board as executive director. You know, what if you woke up some morning and there was no radio? It sounds like the beginning of a short story, you know, but uh, 1984 isn't that far away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying it's not. The Ministry of Truth is here. The article says earlier this week, Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayarks, I you know I'm terrible with names, told Congress that his agency is creating a disinformation governance board, which is the Ministry of Truth, to combat misinformation. But what is considered misinformation? Who defines what misinformation is? Because if I say, hey, the sky is blue and you say the sky is red, and even though I could see it's red, but you, see, I mean, I see it blue and you see it red, like, who's, who's, misin- who's misinforming who? Government. Yeah, and here comes the government. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and that's what wild. it's going to be, man. It's, it's going to be 1984 all day. I really can't believe that that's going on nowadays when information is so readily available for everybody, man. And we shouldn't have to have these big companies or the government to tell us what is truth and what is not. Definitely. And I think that's what they're doing is that uh, they're reeling in the Internet. The Internet uh, got away from them. It's become... Uh, their own its own thing it's a double-edged sword it was good for brainwashing some but it's also been a capable a capable tool for people like us and others to be able to get other information out so now they're trying to reel it back in and this is the excuses you can't just censor it completely they have different avenues that they have to go through in my opinion to get it done and now that uh twitter now it's a big hot button buzzword because elon elon musk uh um is taking it over, and then now that they go, okay, well, we got to do this, and the left is like, yeah, we should do that because you know, uh, white supremacy, uh, free speech, and you're like, dude, you have to defend free speech all the time. Like I was talking, I don't think I talked about I think my last show or a couple of shows ago, and I, I've talked about it in a few other shows that I've been on. It's just about the, like the whole Marjorie Taylor Greene, the same thing, like where she reported. Um, to the Capitol Police, what happened with Jimmy Kimball for making a joke. And the joke was basically saying, oh, where's Will Smith when you need him? Because insinuating that he would, should slap her. And he called her a Klan's member too. But my thing is, are you fighting for free speech or are you not? Are you for free speech or are you not? Or are you just like the left? And there's certain speech that you are for, but there's certain speech that you aren't. I think that's the thing that people tend to forget. And these politicians push us into this these positions to where they make it seem like, hey, I'm on your team, so I'm saying the right thing. They can't say those words, you know what I mean? Like, you can't say that. You can't do this, and but we can. And it's it's such a uh, – I got a little clip of her later that I'll, that I'll throw out. But just because, like, I'm trying to relate and show people, like, how she is basically the red AOC. 
Oh, but I then, see that. I see that. Yeah, I for can sure. totally see that. Yeah. And you know, and anything for safety for the right wingers, you know, you, you, anything for safety. And you know, Elon Musk right now doing this for free speech, you know, they want to save people from the bots. They don't want to be trolled. And that's their excuse right now. And I don't think that's a very good catalyst right now. Yeah. Cause it's like, who cares? It's just a bot, man. And like, I really can't believe people are falling for it. Yeah, well, I think it's just because because they're they're they have the veil over their eyes because all they see is, oh, the left wing is saying this, I'm going opposite, and the left wing does the same thing. Oh, right wing thinks this, I'm going to flip it on the opposite. So whatever anybody comes out, they're doubling down. Exactly, and then the Kremlin it says uh, Musk may fail in Twitter mission. Russia's attitude towards this company is based on the actions of this company on censorship, selective representative action against the company's clients. On the distortion and manipulation of information, Pazovsky state stated on Thursday. I can't say his name. So Pazovkov. Pazovkov. Even Musk. Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. Elon Musk. People love this guy, man. People yeah. So him. I would just say, to, like, uh, I mean, I'm gonna be posting more stuff on the Instagram, and uh, Mr. Ramos will probably be posting some stuff over oh, yeah. on the other. Uh, he's on the Operation Mockingbird. Yes, yes. Uh, so give him a follow for sure. So he'll be posting some other information. But I think basically what I'm saying is, don't fall for this guy. I mean, he did he everything he did he bought. Like he didn't develop Tesla. Two brothers developed Tesla, which I thought he did. I thought he Me too. I thought he came up with Tesla. And that would be like this great thing, but I'm like, oh, you just bought the company. Yeah, not even you didn't design the car. You didn't do everything that he's done is like he's kind of like. So I think like these characters that just show, especially him, at least Trump, like we saw him for we a long saw time him for years, man. Alone just came out of nowhere, right? In the last what, 15 years? I didn't know who he was. Like he's more recently, like I'm. And, and you filled me in with his family ties, which is yeah. weird. Yeah, his family ties are super weird, which, I, like I said, I'll have in the show notes. I have a bunch of little clusters of screenshots of just all kinds of weird, I don't know, him and his mom. And his mom's, like, doing a lot of Illuminatic shit. And his his girlfriend and his ties even was dating that Amber Heard shits, shits bed, shit bed shitter. <laughs> 21 Dump Street. <laughs> Call her the, you know, the chocolate factory. <laughs> man, it's just, it's, it's wild, man. But enough about alone. Musk, uh, I, I refuse to say his name. I don't have respect for him. I mean, people love him. I, I, I hear it all the time. I was working last week. We heard the news. Okay. The guy bought it. My boss was like, yes, I can't believe it. And I'm like, wow, these people really love this guy. This is their, and you could see it on the internet too. Yeah, definitely. But let's go in a little bit, see what's going on in Ukraine. Here's uh, what Putin had to say. Russian President Vladimir Putin has warned the West against interfering in Ukraine, saying his country would unleash, uh, quote, counterstrikes against threats he deemed unacceptable. His comments came as Russia makes gains in Ukraine's east and south. Ukraine's defense ministry says Russian troops have captured several towns in the eastern Donbass region. So that's uh, what Putin was saying, especially after Biden announced another $33 billion in economic assistance to Ukraine as U.S. economy crumbles, inflation hit 40-year highs, gas prices skyrocket, GDP declines. President Biden is asking Congress for $33 more billion in military, economic, and humanitarian assistance to support Ukraine, although he insists that the U.S. was not attacking Russia. Oh, no. Dude, that's a lot of money. That's a ton of money. I thought we were in debt. Oh, yeah, we are in debt, man. I'm, that's a whole nother story. But we've already gave them $13 billion. We've already gave them another $500, uh, 500 million. And I think there was another 2 or $3 billion. So 
I know that Lockheed Martin and 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 uh, Raytheon, the the big old distributors of like military weapons in in the states, are probably you know south, oh, yeah. like, loving this because that money. What's going to happen? What they do is they'll get rid of a lot of old equipment. So they have a bunch of this equipment that they've been wanting to dump off. Nobody wants to buy it. All the every branch, right? There's a bunch of stuff because you know new things come out because these companies are constantly making. Oh, look, we got a new state of the art. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're keep pressing it. So what they're gonna do is they're gonna give all the old stuff to like Ukraine, uh, right? And then they're gonna use the money to buy new little toys for for themselves and then and the new branches. So that's pretty much what happened. It, it, it's a whole little. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it, it's crazy because it's like I mean, these little dumps. Extent, I, I knew that. Yeah, for when you think about it, like, yeah, you're not thinking about it, but when you just start kind of think about it and you start talking to people and you're like, dang, yeah, they're just kind of just getting rid of the old shit any way they right. can. And then you follow the money trail. Yeah, and, and all this stuff about, um, you know, Russia, you know, and sanctions and gas and inflation, everything's right now is obviously being blamed on Russia. But some of the funny things is is Poland is still buying gas. From Russia. Are they really? Yeah, here's a quote from uh, one of their one of their officials. It says, this week, Poland refused to pay. Oh, no. Yeah, here we go. Refused to pay for the Russian gas with the new terms in rubles. It was grandly announced that they no longer needed Russian gas and would not buy it anymore. But, in fact, Poland keeps buying Russian gas after the direct supply was halted. It now buys the gas from Germany, and it comes back to Poland with the reverse flow via the Yaman European pipeline. So it's just another like kind of like lie that they tell us that they put it dangle this stuff in our face of where, hey, that we're we're all in on it together. We're we're all gonna hurt. No, because you don't want to hurt your own country, and, and they need those natural resources. We don't depend on. That's what's so weird is that we don't depend on. Um, Russian uh, uh, oil, we Saudi Arabia, but we also have a lot of reserves ourselves. We have, lot, yeah, we don't we, tap them. We don't tap. Yeah, well, now they're supposedly tapping them. That's supposedly because supposedly remember during the pandemic when oil was like negative thirty six dollars or something, uh, Trump was supposedly uh, filling everything to the top and like to the brim. Supposedly we should have tons and tons of oil. So I think a lot of this inflation is obviously bullshit and it's manufactured. I don't have too much on. Uh, I'm going to try to do it probably for the next episode. But with all these food processing plants that are being destroyed and set on fire or mysteriously like things are happening. Like I really want to get into that. I'm probably going to have to go check out uh, what's his name, that Ice Age farmer. He usually has some good stuff on things like that. So, But yeah, I think that these are things that are being created they're manufactured it's not like it's organic there's not a bunch of food processing plants that just so happen to all get set on fire at the same time when they're slaughtering probably millions of chickens because of them having covid uh covid and they have three that tested positive so they kill them the whole farm they're getting uh government subsidies subsidies for that which makes chicken prices go up from one ninety nine to four ninety nine a pound. You know what I mean? Yeah. These these are the things that happen. That this is how inflation happens. But to me, it looks so manufactured with what's going on. With totally, yeah, like everything, yep. every single thing. Like it's like when you see like uh, the whole subway thing. You know, with that guy, and now right after all this gun stuff, it's kind of just ironic. And especially that one's so funny to me because he called. I just can't believe he uh, called on himself. But more about Russia. Uh, Russia accuses NATO of proxy war in Ukraine. 
The big picture Russian foreign minister, Sergei Lavaron, I don't know how to say his name, also warned against provoking a third world war and said the threat of nuclear conflict should not be underestimated, according to a transcript from Russian foreign ministry. Ukraine foreign ministry, damn, they got some crazy ass name, Dmitryo Kablina tweeted, <laughs> yeah, Kuleba, that Lavaro's comments showed that the Kremlin had lost it. Last hope to scare the world for supporting Ukraine. Thus, the talk of real danger of World War III. This only means Moscow sense defeating Ukraine, he added. Therefore, the world must double down on supporting Ukraine so that we prevail and safeguard European and the global security. I agree. I think it is a, a proxy war. I think this shit, it's totally a proxy war. NATO's trying to push more. They've been a, a fat fucking ogre ready to fucking take more shit for so long they've been building and getting so much defenses i think nato is pushing this into a fight and they want world war three i think they do i think it's i think everybody wants it it's a distraction helps with the great reset gets uh people paid in the meantime you know like all the it, it kind of gets all the levels it, and it takes care of everybody on all kinds of levels so i think that's why they're like pushing in my opinion towards that Yeah, well, I think there is a war. Like, don't get me wrong. I think, and I think that's, what, in my opinion, a lot of stuff gets misconstrued. For instance, the Sandy Hook. <laughs> you don't, you, you don't want to say that. Yeah. Well, that whole incident, I, I feel, in my opinion, that like, I'm not saying it is or isn't, but I think what happens is people are like, oh, uh, crisis actors. I'm not saying there's no such thing as a crisis actor. There is crisis actors, but. At the same time, people over-exaggerate. And they'll be like, oh, that didn't even happen. No, it happened. No matter what, like 9-11 happened. Now, it's, did we let it happen? Were we a part of it happening? These are the questions that we got to ask. That's all right to ask those questions. But to, to me, to just say blatantly like, no, 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 I know. No, you don't know. But something happened that was out of the ordinary, for sure. Because but people they, died. People for died. sure. They really died. And Innocent that's the people thing. died. But then people pretend like, oh, then nobody died, man. It was all fake, hologram, fucking. There's people, ejaculation. Yep. It would be nice if that was the truth. But we, you know, chances are it, they didn't even know themselves. And it's just one of those things. Most likely they didn't. The same thing with like the Mandalay Bay shooting. The dude is, it, they, these oh, people to so me, sad. they're all like informants, you know, like just like this uh, subway guy. They're all some, it's, who knows that they're mentoring candidates, right? But what I'm saying is it's really happening because you, how are you going to sell it by just, you, there's not enough actors in the world. Somebody would leak it out. Exactly. Like it, it, it would be too hard to do. Now, is there people, what, what, what they do do a lot, and I think this catches people, is they recycle footage. Oh, so there's a lot yeah. of recycled footage, which is different because, but that's laziness and trying to be intense because you got to remember. Yeah, that's more of the network. Yeah, that's the networks trying to be networks, trying to make those executive decisions, being like, oh, being yeah. the first one. Well, just to hype it up, like it's like a movie. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? You want your shit to look tight. You don't want it to be like, oh, we, that's why they get those new little, look those at the ratings. state of the art. Like, we got this little death counter. Yep. We got this fucking look. Look how many people got raped. We got a rape counter. We got like, uh, they have all kinds of statistics. Kill meter. Graphics. <laughs> yeah, they have graphics to up the ass. I think it, um, I didn't get too much. I kind of ended it there on uh, the Ukraine stuff. I think there's more to be said, but I do think they're trying to push for. A World War Three because I think what they were internalizing was a lot of civil unrest and civil wars. And I think maybe part of the plan for them doing that is getting civil unrest everywhere and getting people uh, 
against each other in their own relative uh, countries, counties, and and providences. So that way, that when a big war does happen, it's going to be a big shift, right? Because then I think then they align with different sides, and I think it makes it easier to so people couldn't be like, oh, that's my enemy. Oh yeah, you know, like they go, oh, yeah. that's your enemy. So that no question about it. Exactly. And and it's no emotions off their back. You know what I mean? Well, let's switch uh, gears real quick. That's a good sound effect right there. <laughs> now, I want to talk about that Marjorie Taylor Greene, how I was comparing her to AOC. And, uh, okay. She had a new, like, uh, little encounter with Jim Acosta. I don't know if you uh, you know who Jim Acosta is. He's an idiot, too. He's an idiot. Like, people I love get that it. guy. It's weird. Well, that's if you're a CNN guy. Yeah, like. They love him. That's just like people love Hannity, which I'd never they love him either. too. I'm like, Hannity's a piece of shit, man. He fucking wears a CIA pin every fucking show, but okay. That's, <laughs> that's your that's, that's your boy. That's truth. Um, she ran into Jim Acosta. He was kind of hitting her up. And the reason why I am curious about this clip, I kind of broke it down to two clips because it was like a almost four minute clip, but a lot of uh Bullshit, like, because they were trying to get to the point. You could tell they were both playing their sides. Nobody was trying to. My point of this is that I don't believe any of these people are being transparent. Acosta's not being transparent, and Marjorie Taylor Greene is not being transparent. And how can you call them fake news or or, or calling people out for not being transparent if you're not going to do the same thing? We should all just be like, hey, this is what happened. This is what I seen. Blah, 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 blah. But they're not. We're all doing it like we're all on trial. <laughs> so here we go. So I guess you also said you you didn't recall calling Nancy Pelosi a traitor. Is that right? <laughs> you know, Jim. The you don't seem to recall a lot. Well, I, What's listen. going on there? <laughs> you know, Jim, you have a show, and in all fairness, you try to present this image of me to your viewers, and it's just really not correct. Well, we're just trying to get some answers. Did you send a text asking for the president to declare martial law? Did you I, do that? You know, I don't recall those being my text messages, but have you read the text message that is that you're referring to? I did, Because yeah, it I actually it was, says if you... It was if misspelled, you, but it seemed well, actually, to say actually that actually you're it calling says for martial law. If you read it correctly, Jim, your problem is, is you're lying again right now. It says, I do uh -huh. not know on those things. That's what that text message uh, why, actually okay, says. Well, let me no, ask why you don't this. you be honest? Why even bring it no, up? Why, don't why you even honest? bring up martial no, law? No, you know, your problem is you're just another, one of those liars on television. And people hate it. They can't stand the liars on television. I'm not the one saying no, I don't no, recall, quote, I don't recall, quote I don't recall. the supposed text message. So that's it's all sorry about the audio, but they're outside, as you could tell, like so you hear all the wind and all that extra. So that's just right there where he's kind of like confronting her and she's kind of like, oh, you're fake news. Like, no, people don't like you, blah, blah, blah. And she's telling him, pull out the text message. Right. So, OK, I could kind of understand if, you, if, if you're getting misquoted. But when you hear what like that's the second part of I have it and, and what she said, and I think I could pull it up. I got it somewhere over here. While I get the clip, I'll while I play the clip. I'll pull it up. But what she exactly said, my thing is. She's still not being transparent of what she said. She's not. She keeps saying like, "Well, I don't know. I might have said that. I might not have said that." Like, she uh, sounds like she's on trial and she's outside. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And you're saying like, "Oh, we need people that are going to be there." Now, I don't know uh, how uh, uh, thoroughly the, if this is her text message, but if it was not your, t I know what if I text message something, I get it that we text message a lot and that. Yeah, I get that, but there's got to be some point of that's a pretty important time, right? Yeah, these people like, went to college. I think they have a decent. No, memory. I'm saying like January 6, everything was going down. I'm sure there there would be you would have a remembrance of having some kind of text of a conversation with somebody important as talking about martial law. So here goes what uh, what she allegedly said. 
In our private chat with only members, several are saying the only way to save our republic is for Trump to call for martial law. Marshall was don't spelled. keep going I with the text message. I don't know on those things. Wait, I just wanted you stop. to tell him. I don't know on those they things. Is that what that says? It says I don't know on but, those things. But why? Wait, hold on, stop. This text message that's supposedly mine. I don't know if it is. What does it right. say? It says some members, and then it but says. Why wait, hold on. It says I don't know. Wait, I don't know if that's my text. It says I don't know on those things. Why don't you tell you, that story? No, saying, no, 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 no. You're saying you don't no, know if you're it's your you're, you're being you're awfully liar. defensive about it. You know why people do not like why you? Why are you being so defensive about it? Because you're a liar. Why do you want to lie on television? For it goes on for a long time. She calls him a liar. Then she starts telling him, like, don't harass me. Don't harass me. This is the alleged, the alleged whole text message that was, like, on January 17th, 2021 from uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene to Mark Meadows. In our private chat with only members, several are saying... The only way to save our republic is for Trump to call for martial law. I don't know on those things. I just wanted you to tell him. They stole this election. We all know. They will destroy our country next. Please tell him to declassify as much as possible so we can go after Biden and anyone else. Then why doesn't she say that? Like, if if that's what you still believe, so like you you could you could have been like, oh, I wasn't calling for martial law, but like the way you worded it was weird. It was and, worded weird. And totally. I know a lot of the QAnon people, a lot of the anons, the the people that like follow Q because they get mad if you call them QAnon, they're anons and they're Q. I get it. Like, but a lot of what they're doing is they're following these kind of people, and they've all said, oh, the military is the only way. Martial law. They don't understand the impact of that, and I think that is part of the. Psych, uh, the psyops that we go through is like you know these Durham investigations, which from what I heard that he was already like uh, uh, the statutory limit uh, limitations oh, is no already way. passed. That's that's, that's, that's what, what I've I've wow. heard, but I don't know how true to that is. But they just dangle these things and people eat it up. And and I think they kind of follow this Marjorie Taylor Greene as some kind of hero as well, as if she's a American first. But then why don't you fucking tell us the truth? Like what did you say? What was really going on? And then just say it right there. Who cares if if it's CNN, who cares if they're going to twist up your words, have someone uh, recording the same thing to you, or just say, I don't recall, and leave it. Don't engage then at all. Like, that's my whole point is like, I get it, you're getting like attacked on the streets, kind of like, and maybe you don't really, like, you know, you, you're not sure to like, you don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, they could spin it another way. Sure. Then just say, no comment. Keep going. Yep. And just keep going. And don't say harass because no, we have to have the freedom of press. They're allowed to ask you questions, but at the same time, when do we get these questions answered? Because when the public asks, Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene's not going to come on my show and let me ask her whatever the fuck I want. You know what I mean? Trump is not going to come onto my show. Pelosi, like none of these people are going to let us actually have conversations that are not. They don't hey, want to answer. They don't want to answer those questions. Exactly. And, and instead of, like you said, instead of saying, I don't know, or just skip around it, they decided. Or I'll release a statement later. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I just, I'm just tr pointing out the hypocrisy of. The left and right act a lot alike, and Marjorie Taylor Greene is the red AOC, meaning that she's trying to just get sound bites, she's trying to get on TV, she's trying to make a name for herself instead of actually trying to do something for the country. And maybe she delusionally believes she is doing something for the country, but if you're not trying to build un unification of the working class, then get the fuck out of here. That's how I look at she's it. She's playing politics. She's playing politics, and we're the working class. We gotta stop falling for this fucking uh, rope-a-dope bullshit that they do. And uh, let's... uh. Leave it at that. <laughs> there's, there's AOC and there's MTG. Yeah, the same shit.
So now the news is, uh, you know, toxic masculinity is pretty bad. So they're saying that toxic toxic masculinity buys trucks and that's killing the planet. <laughs> we talked a bit about what queer ecology is. It basically just refers to a way of thinking that sees connections between environmental issues and issues of gender and sexuality. Um, so an example I always give to my students is um, we look at the recent rise in mega truck purchases in the U.S. So um, Consumer Reports has found a huge leap in truck weight and size over the past 20 years. And those types of trucks are often an expression of traditional heterosexual masculinity, right? Or um, we could also say white masculinity. And those vehicles kill pedestrians at a much higher rate than other vehicles. And of course, are you know killing the planet with their massive fossil fuel consumption. So it's almost the literal definition of toxic masculinity. So that's a place I, I often start with people as an example. You know the feeling of taking a hot dump at your rich friend's house? It's what it feels like driving a Ford. All American. F-150. <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny on so many levels. Oh, I man. know, man. They're saying that, like, it's funny, too, because remember, like, the thing, the joke all the time was like, oh, he has a, a, a little dick. A little he dick has a- if he's got a big truck. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who started that, though. I don't know either. <laughs> and, and now... I believe that, like, the thing, too, is it does annoy me sometimes. I mean, I don't have a truck, but it does annoy me that people have trucks that, they, like, they don't use it as a truck. Right. Like, you're like, you never haul shit. You're never, like, you're like, why you're do you have a fucking truck in the city. Go buy a fucking car or SUV, idiot. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do you have a truck with a fucking four-foot bed? And they you always, can't even haul they anything. They always try to park where cars are parked. Yeah, but you have a four-foot bed. You can't haul anything. Can't even get a fridge out. You're like, fool, the whole point of having a truck is having the bed and being able to haul shit or, you know. I mean, that's what it's for. Or hauling stuff. You got a boat. Yeah. You, you know, you got to haul stuff. But and They became, like, like uh, funnier now. Like, you know, like, it became, like, oh, uh, like, it's funny now because it became a thing. Like, where well, I got to have a truck, man. You know what I mean? You got a truck. And, oh, yeah. But, hey, I don't know, bitches, because I seen this one fool. He's, like, uh, he was in Mexico, and he was asking the chicks, hey, Truck or a car, and they're all truck. <laughs> Mexican bitches love the trucks. I'm just saying, you can see it on TikTok. I'm just saying. I've seen a lot of women driving trucks. Yeah, they like truck. Yeah, that's. I think they just. Hey, maybe it's just great marketing. Maybe yeah, I. Hey, uh, I just came from yeah. Arizona, man, and there was so many women driving trucks. <laughs> oh dang, yeah. Maybe they had toxic masculinity yeah. too, but they had boobs. <laughs> well, that you don't know what their gender is. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. But I guess, you know, I'm one of those toxic masculine guys. Yeah, you're just toxic fucking piece of shit, man. You're fucking just talking. Look at the toxic that we're breathing everywhere. We're Everything. just killing everybody. Killing the planet. Yeah, that's what they said. It's but our you know fault. What? It's, that's confusing to kids, man. If I was a little kid and I heard that, I'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> Trucks are hurting the planet because of my penis? <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, what's it called? Uh, it looks like uh, they're really pushing out. I know we were eating like some uh, uh, cocktail, shrimp cocktail last night. Oh, that was fucking, good. Uh, well, uh, ceviche. A lot of people don't like shrimp. That's bugs of the sea, right? That's well, what they say. Now it looks like uh, Australia is already getting us proud. Well, Bry volunteers are putting their taste buds to the test at the University of Adelaide. Researchers are preparing common insects for consumption, insisting sustainable food sources are the future. Crickets, ants and mealworms, usually the last things you want to see in a kitchen. 
but forget using words like creepy or crawly to describe the dishes they're plating up at the University of Adelaide. Crunchy and flaky. It's pretty delicious. People often assume that what they might taste like is kind of this insect and that's often something that's a bit squishy and squelchy and not too appetising. Researchers want to change that, frying, roasting and dehydrating insects to be included in an everyday diet. They're also really high in protein and good fats. They can be raised using very little environmental resources. And that's a big win. Global food production accounts for more than a third of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. Researchers say the way the insects are prepared is key. Now, I'm told the roasted mealworm is one of the most palatable for beginners, so bon appetit. A bit like roast chicken. Start small. You might like to try them in a powdered form where you can't see them. Feedback from the uni's taste testers will create a sensory guide which can then be used by industries for product creation or by anyone curious enough to try. A lot of our retailers in Australia have their insects available online. Taylor Jones, 7 News. Tastes like poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bugs is getting heavier and heavier, but there's been so many different articles. But man, they're just really trying to like get into the psyche of the human uh, uh, of the human psyche and be like, "Hey, the bugs are pretty." I know that people eat bugs in other countries. They do. It's not a, they do. A you can thing. eat a bug. You know. Yeah, but it's anybody not, can eat a bug. But I'd rather have a burger. Of course. <laughs> but I just saw an article about they can see cow farts from outer space. Oh man, we so gonna have to get rid of that. They're pushing for no meat. Yeah, because they they want process either the bug meat or the uh, 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 the synthetic meat because they got a lot of that synthetic meat going on. I mean, fuck, we were eating imitation crab last night. But at that point, I'd rather eat the synthetic meat. No, uh, I don't, I don't know. know. Man. I don't I'd know. have to do a taste test, but yeah, that's gonna be rough. Like, then what's a- it gonna do to our bodies? Uh, yeah, it, exactly. exactly. Well, we don't know with all what's why there's so much prevalent cancer and prevalent d- diseases. Is it because of the, uh, of the HMOs? The hormones, and, yeah, yeah, all the hormones that they pumped in, the antibiotics that they got. You know, there's so many different factors. So a lot of it plays into it. But I think it's just this whole mentality of, like I said, the Elon Musk mentality of own nothing and be happy. Just live on your couch. Eat Sustainable, bugs. eat some bugs. It's easy, man. You just fucking have to have a t-shirt, some underwear, and a pair of pants and some socks. The same ones. You could just wear the same ones and just wash it every other day. And then what you do is you just live on other people's couches. But the thing is, like, who's going to own the couches then? Like, it's just going to be government-owned couches. They're like, hey, you know we just it. got couches all over yeah. with a little awning. You just sleep there, just sleep for two to three hours. That's all you really need. And then you go back to work. Go back to work. <laughs> That's go it. right back to work. Yeah, right back to work. And then you get off of work, and then you buy some stuff online. Yeah, no, you get 20 hours of work. No, let, let's go 18-hour <laughs> workdays, uh, one hour of self-time where you're only able to purchase things. Only you know, purchase you gotta buy things. Stuff. And, and then you got 20 minutes to eat, 20 minutes to uh, shower and clean your stuff, and boom, go back to sleep. Sometimes you get to fill out some surveys, though. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That, that's if, if you're good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, that's your vacation. You're a good human. We're all humans, according to Musk. He, he wants to authenticate yeah. all humans. He reminds me of that fucking uh, JP from Grandma's Boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're only human. He's like, I'm working on that. Yeah. <laughs> Not too human, man. Yeah, M- Musk, Mulun. A long month. Yeah, we don't really, uh, we don't got, I don't really have a lot of love for him. 
Well, well we got some cool. COVID news now. Like, uh, I think this is important. This is a promo from the World Health Organization. It's a pandemic prevention treaty. And I thought that it's something that we should really talk about. I got the actual article and stuff um, in the show notes as well. But here's the little promo video that they're throwing around. The COVID-19 pandemic is one of the biggest challenges we are facing. It's been a stark and painful reminder that nobody is safe until everyone is safe. There will be other pandemics and other major health emergencies. No single government or multilateral agency can address this threat alone. Together, we must be better prepared to predict, prevent, detect, assess, and effectively respond to pandemics in a highly coordinated fashion. The 194 member states of the World Health Organization resolve to work together towards a new international instrument for pandemic preparedness and response. This renewed collective commitment is a milestone in stepping up pandemic preparedness at the highest political level. Such an agreement, rooted in the World Health Organization Constitution, could strengthen existing international health instruments, especially the international health regulations, and provide a firm and tested foundation on which we can build and improve. The agreement also has the potential to foster an all-of-government and all-of-society approach, strengthening national, regional, and global capacities and resilience to future pandemics. This could include greatly enhancing international cooperation to approve alert systems, data sharing, research, and local, regional, and global production and distribution of medical public health countermeasures such as vaccines, diagnostics, and personal protective equipment. The agreement could also recognize the One Health approach that connects the health of humans, animals, and our planet. To achieve this, WHO will support its member states in their work and facilitate the involvement of relevant stakeholders, including from civil society and the private sector. Pandemic preparedness needs global leadership for a global health system fit for this millennium. To make this commitment a reality, we must be guided by solidarity, fairness, transparency, inclusiveness, and equity. Shut up already. It's science. <laughs> yeah, like, so you could see that, like, more globalization. That was a little stark. Yeah, they're, 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 they're trying to, like, globalize a lot of stuff, you know, try to make everything it's to me that's all i see everything like i see like i don't see I red you. team blue team i right. see everything trying to be centralized as a uh global leaders try to position for the higher the hierarchy of who's going to be in charge of what and i think that's what's happening that's why you'll see conflict and we may not know exactly what these conflicts are of but i'm telling you they're not from any grassroots bullshit i think it's wild how they said there's gonna be another pandemic and yeah, well, they other pandemic. I mean, they 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 coughed up. They pushed this idea for the like what ten years or so before this one. So I think that's the whole thing is put it into the brain. You you, you get people like you make oh. it official. Yeah, now they're like, oh, this is going to be something. We better watch out for it. Something's going to happen, and then it does happen. You're kind of like, and then that's when people are willing to give. You know, the same thing with uh, terrorism. People are willing to give money, or give up taxes, give up rights, give up freedoms uh, in the order of safety, whether it be of a virus or a terrorist. Like you're just as likely to die of COVID as you are to die of a terrorist attack. <laughs> like it's like the same statistic. You know what I mean? Uh, but Fauci says the. Pandemic's over, but it's not over. 
It's over, but it's not over. We are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase. Namely, we don't have 900,000 new infections a day and tens and tens and tens of thousands of hospitalizations and thousands of deaths. We are at a low level right now. So if you're saying, are we out of the pandemic phase in this country? We are. What we hope to do, I don't believe, and I've, and I've spoken about this widely, we're not going to eradicate this virus. If we can keep that level very low and intermittently vaccinate people, and I don't know how often that would have to be, Judy, that might be every year, that might be longer in order to keep that level low. But right now, we are not in the pandemic phase in this country. Pandemic means a widespread throughout the world infection that spreads rapidly among people. So if you look at the global situation, there's no doubt this pandemic is still ongoing. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck was that? <laughs> the guy makes no fucking sense, man. He said it's not. We're out of a pandemic. He's just like... He's he's good are we, though. Are we in or out? No, but he's good. That's what he does, man. That's what, uh, he he backs himself up. He makes sure oh, yeah. that what he says can't be turned around on him. And later he could go, no, 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 no. If you go roll the tape, I said this. He he's pretty good at covering his ass. I will give him credit on that. Oh yeah, he's been doing it for a long time. I think that all these distractions, with like people like to call them, but I think these are not just distractions. These are things that have to happen to get. To the point where they want to get at, whether it's with COVID, with uh, Ukraine, Russia, the collapse of the dollar, the inflation, blah, 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 all that stuff, right? So I think that people play their part. And as we keep thinking, you know, people see these moments of freedom of speech or the CRT things or this is the, the, the buzzword or this is what we're mad about or this is what we're fighting against. I think people are still missing that there is a lot of laws that are going in about um, vaccines and misinformation California is fighting a law. Uh, lawmakers are fight uh, fight vaccine misinformation. Misinformation is undermining our ability not only to stop this pandemic, but frankly, save lives. State Senator Richard Pan, sexual Democrat, <laughs> <laughs> Sacramento. So there, uh, I got a little clip on that as well because I was like, I got in the show notes the whole article about it that you need to read about it because these things are still happening. It's it's not over. We're not out of the uh, of the woodwork. They're still trying to take our freedoms. They're just manipulating us to find new ways uh, to take them. Like they're like, okay, well, they, we can't use a terrorist attack every fucking day. Like we're gonna have to switch it up. People are gonna see it's bullshit. Uh, here's a little about the law. California lawmakers Tuesday rolled out two new bills to fight COVID-19 vaccine misinformation. Misinformation is undermining our ability to not only stop this pandemic, but frankly, save lives. The first is Assembly Bill 2098, which empowers the California Medical Board to discipline doctors who peddled disinformation. The bill allows the board to classify the behavior as unprofessional conduct. Inaccurate COVID-19 information contradicts the responsibility and threatens to further erode the public trust in the medical profession and puts all patients at risk. Doctors in support of the legislation say there is a very small number of well-coordinated, well-funded, active group of physicians spreading blatantly false information about the virus and its vaccine. This isn't a call for a policing of free speech. This is a call for protecting the public against dangerous misinformation which patients are parroting back to us 
in our emergency departments every day. The next bill takes aim at social media sites. Senate Bill 1018 would require websites to be more transparent about how their algorithms push information to its users. Bottom line here is that we cannot live in a world where Facebook and Google know everything about us and we know nothing about them. The bill would also require sites to share data showing how misinformation spreads. Congress is considering similar legislation. We also need to act as a state, uh, ideally, that we would have a national solution to this. However, we cannot wait. The bills add to the bulk of legislation introduced this year by a group of Democrats working to strengthen the state's vaccine laws for workers and children. The bills will likely be heard sometime this spring. Sounds like they're trying to muzzle people and silence information that's getting out there. And... Speaking of disinformation and different uh, information, to wrap up uh, the last of the clips of what I've kind of uh, had on COVID, here's Dr. Peter McCullough on hepatitis from Adenido, uh, what's it called? Adenovirus, sorry. All right. <laughs> man, all these damn medical and Russian names, man. What happened to the good old days? <laughs> I was kidding. And we're gonna have, we might have to uh, delegate that to you, uh, Edgar. Uh, I think so. I think Getting you the uh, the big word, guys. We're going to get you the, the pronunciations. Maybe we're going to, once we get things going a little bit more, maybe we'll have the little uh, computer right there and you could uh, fact check me and also be like, uh, this is how you pronounce the name. I think that's my hat. <laughs> it's adenovirus AstraZeneca. Okay. Astra, AstraZeneca, I know that AstraZeneca. one. AstraZeneca. Okay, maybe you're not the guy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get a guy in. But yeah, here's uh, about the hepatitis. Because there's been a lot of cases of kids getting hepatitis in the news lately in England and around America. Now, they're not linking it to the vaccine. And they're not really saying even which hepatitis people are getting. But it's uh, been something that I've been trying to pay attention to because I don't know if it is from the vaccine. Is it a side effect? So let's see. This is what uh, McCullough has to say about it. Now, Laura, this is hepatitis or acute liver inflammation. So these children develop fever, abdominal pain, lethargy, and then jaundice. And the, and the blood tests are easy uh, to employ uh, transaminases and bilirubin to diagnose acute hepatitis. In a report by Marsh and colleagues in Eurosurveillance, 13 children in Scotland, all hospitalized, one needed a liver transplant. Five of them had COVID-19 implicated uh, around the time of the diagnosis of hepatitis, but there are always other viruses involved, namely adenovirus, uh, rotavirus, and other enteroviruses. So what we need to know in all these cases is, uh, what is their COVID-19 status? Have they had COVID-19, the respiratory illness? And in fact, have they been exposed to the COVID-19 vaccine? Uh, we know reports from outside uh, uh, the United States and elsewhere that the adenovirus in particular can be found along with the rotavirus in, in sewer water and in the food supply. Yeah, right. That's what I said, man. It's like, wow, hepatitis, man. Like, they're really trying to figure it out. That's what McCullough sounds like he's trying to do. He doesn't have all the answers at this moment. But I think that's why transparency is important. I think so. Because it was something one of those things. <laughs> yeah, like where we should talk about it. Like, instead of saying, no, 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 this is the science is done. Science is never done. Science is constantly evolving and changing. Yes, so it is. that's something we need to look into, definitely. And be aware that, uh, you know, this COVID stuff's not going anywhere. I know that over here, what we do is we make fun of the news. We try to decipher it. Uh, we try to put out stuff that we think is interesting, old clips, or sometimes we'll go down a rabbit hole of uh, certain things that we think that are relevant to today. And the thing to me is to keep the eye on the ball with the COVID, right? We can't let them think that we're ever going to back down because we're not going to back down because we won't comply. I mean, we're just not going to comply anymore. And that's, I think, the basic message of what everybody's trying to say. 
But when we put down all the things that happened and like the ironic moments of of any event, where we're, whether we're talking about 9-11 to JFK, there's these little like sound bites that we get. Now, Samantha Powers, or Powers, sorry, Administrator of United States Agency of International Development. She was on a, a news feed. I'm not sure what uh, channel that was, but I got the video linked. I didn't have time to clip it. But here's a little brief of what she said. Never let a crisis go to waste. Shortages that will force farmers to transition to natural solutions. Natural solutions. So what she's saying is, in the clip, she basically starts talking about, you know, Ukraine and what's going on in Russia and that they do have a big supply of our fertilizer. You know, Russia, uh, I guess they import it, you know, to us. And that, that will have a shortage of, uh, of for farmers, right? And But that's good because now that could push them to go green and, and different things. And to me, that's another thing to hurt the independent farmer, which I'm not saying most do want to go green and do uh, want to go away from, you know, chemicals and stuff. It, it just seems like more where they're going to use this uh, crisis. And the only reason, even whether everything else she said didn't matter to me, when I see never let a crisis go to waste, you know, famously said by Henry Kissinger, and then his ties with uh, Vladimir Putin and Putin's fondness of Henry Kissinger. It's just so ironic how these people just throw it down in our face like that. It's it, it, it's ridiculous to me, if you, if, if you ask me, but hey. And then I'll just final. I, these are just the final stories that I kind of went through. I'm gonna be digging more all week. Uh, we'll keep releasing uh, episodes. We've been pretty consistent releasing them on Mondays. We'll probably start doing lives again once we get everything you know settled in. But this is the last story that I found interesting. It was also a Ukraine Russia story that I just uh, threw in last minute. Pelosi secretly flies to Ukraine to meet with Zelensky. Was she grifting for? <laughs> grifting for a new multi-million dollar energy deal for her son. Nancy Pelosi's son, Paul Pelosi Jr., who went to Ukraine in 2017, was a board member of Viscoal, Viscoal or whatever, the oil company, an executive at his related company, NRGL Lab, which did energy business in Ukraine, and Nancy Pelosi appeared in promotional videos for the company. Wow! Gateway Pundit has been all over this. I will say they've been. Uh, there's a lot uh, you you can link. Oh, to have the they, they've been on it, huh? Yeah, because they kind of like exposing. It's just kind of ironic, you know, the whole you know with the Hunter Biden, oh, yeah. with Ukraine and Pelosi's son, and I think uh, what's his name, son too, uh, John Kerry's son, or. Uh, I think stepson or whatever, something oh, like that. I didn't know that. Yeah, they all have had like they have prominent roles in these countries, and you're like, man, these jackals don't even know anything. Yeah, they don't. They just, <laughs> they're selling out the country. Yeah, well, they don't even care. They're just like trying to get fucked up. Probably they're partying. Like I'm like, man, it, it, it's wild. But I heard you know, it is pretty wild out there though for the partying. Oh, I did hear that too, man. Yeah, the wild scene. Even in Russia, I heard like, man, the party scene's hard, bro. It's hey, different, we, different all, out there. That's why we got to unite uh, the working class so we can have a good party. You know what I mean? We'll have a real good party. Real good party, man. Do it American style, too. But that's really all I got, man. You know, that's all the uh, news I kind of went through. Like I said, we'll continuously be dropping our episodes every Monday. It drops Monday at midnight. And, you know, on your way to work, you can listen to an episode on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite streaming podcast streaming platform. I got um, new music out, you know. Uh, they want your freedom. That's up on uh, Spotify, Apple, Amazon. You know where all your sh- music streaming platforms. Uh, just look for S E A N C H R I S. That's Sean Chris. Uh, I got False Flag with uh, the homie VBDC. I got uh, Dystopian Paradise, a little EP. Dropped another EP not too long ago. Psychosis with the Ooh. homie Harsh and uh, King Mega, who did all the production. 
And um, yeah, I got another new song too that I'll be uh, showing at the uh, end of this with uh, Mikey Mike 626 and Ralph Nervous called Code Red. I got some little truther stuff in there. And be prepared for Thursday, 9 o'clock Eastern uh, on my IG, Kill the Mockingbirds. We're going to have like a 20-minute, 30-minute little episode with Joel Thomas and Quan from uh, Van Tesla. We got a new single drop in. Uh, this Friday called Woke Summer. Gonna want to hear that. We're gonna have we're gonna preview the whole song there. Have a little discussion about it. Should be a fun time. Uh, other than that, you know how we do it here. You know, you got anything else to say, uh, Edgar? Uh, nothing much, man. I just want to tell people. You know, I'm running the backup page. That's Operation Kill the Mockingbirds, and just you know, keep on killing it. You know how we do it. Wake the fuck up and get woke the fuck up. Are right, we out? The title of this presentation is More Deadly Than War, but the subject matter itself is revolution. We're going to examine in quite a bit of detail the communist theory and practice of revolution, particularly as applied to the United States. dreamed up out of thin air. This will be the strategy as taught by them and advocated by them in their own manuals, in their textbooks, and in their schools.